0: Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, a Subaru Forester e-Boxer Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. Okay, come on then. Subaru Forester e-Boxer. What is an e-Boxer, given it is a boxy vehicle?
1: <laughs> yes, uh, it is basically Subaru's first stab at putting uh, or making, one of, uh, making their vehicles sort of hybrid-ish
0: hybrid-ish that is a yes. fairly large caveat thing there but this is
1: technically called a a non-plug-in hybrid however when i get to explain what how much the electric motor does or doesn't mm. do it's easier to just classify this as a mild
0: hybrid okie doke okay so is this one single model or is it a whole range no, no, there are um, others out there. There's, there's
1: the XV and the Forrester. Oh, right. Okay. For the eBoxer, there's two versions. You can get the Xe Lineartronic, or you can get the premium Xe Lineartronic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, they are incredibly close in terms of equipment. It really is only a couple of things difference. However, there is a £3,000 difference in price, with the Lineartronic starting at 36335 on the road and the Premium at 39335
0: And do they share the same engine or the same drivetrain?
1: Yeah. Both of them come with uh, a horizontally opposed four-cylinder petrol engine, which uh, has a capacity of uh, 1,995 of the cc's, which produces Mm -hmm. from the petrol engine 148 imperial horses with an additional 16 imperial horses from the electric motor.
0: Right. Ooh, a whole 16. That's almost a washing machine.
1: You're now getting a flavor of why I said mild. (laughs) Okay. Fair (laughs) Um, enough. Yes, I'm getting there. The petrol engine gives you 145 pounds of torque, with the electric producing 48 pounds of the torques. Okie dok.
0: If I'd heard enough and now I just wanted to rush out to my local Subaru dealer and buy one, what kind of deals could I be expecting?
1: Okay, currently on their site, there is an autumn special which they are knocking three grand off a whopping 120 vehicles.
0: That's many months' worth of registrations right at the it minute is. for
1: them. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, when you, if you listen to our monthly rundown of registrations, you will see 120 vehicles is quite a chunk for Subaru to take on. But if you wanted to go down the PCP route, according to their own website, and if you put a very specific four thousand seven hundred thirty-eight pounds seventy-five pence down with the three thousand pound contribution, and agree to only do six thousand miles in a year or per year, that results in £459 per month over 37 months at 4.78% APR. That's a bit ouch, isn't it? Yeah, that feels quite ouchy. I am sure, and I haven't done this, but I am sure there must be cheaper options out there. Hmm. However, I do think this has something to do with residuals and how popular the models are, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Quite possibly. That's, that's quite a stinger.
0: It is. So what did you have? I'm assuming you had the premium XE Lineartronic because it was a press car.
1: Exactly. I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, there aren't that many options. Basically, there's only one option extra
1: that you can go for, and that is the the color. So mm-hmm. if you go for crystal white pearl, that's got no color tax. However... Ice Silver Metallic, which is silver. Magnetite Grey Metallic. That's dark metallic <laughs> grey. Sepia Bronze Metallic, which is actually quite a nice light brownie metallic. You've just made it sound like beige. No, no, it's not. It's darker than that. It is. Uh, there is a hint of bronze in there. It's quite nice. Crystal Black Silica. So that's metallic black. Uh, horizon Blue Pearl, which is a mid-blue metallic colour. Again, that's quite, it's quite nice. nice. Crimson Red Pearl, I've not seen any out in the wild in that colour at all. Mm-hmm. Again, it's it's quite nice because it's different. But the one I had had Jasper Green Metallic, uh, which is a sort of olivey green metallic colour. That's probably the one I'd go for. Mm-hmm. And they were all with, hit with a £550 colour tax.
0: That's not too bad. No. As far as colour taxes go, that's not too bad, No, really. it's it, That one doesn't really sting too much. So are there any changes to the outside of the Forester because you know it was over the last couple of years since we we last tried one. No. Okay, fair enough then.
1: I it is what the Forester has looked the same for as you say a couple of years now. I think it's it's a fairly neutral but all right design. You know it's a Subaru, but it doesn't it we I think we're in the mild Subaru design phase.
0: Yes yes the way it, the way it flip-flops back and forth between mild and bat
1: poo yes scaring children
0: <laughs> yes yeah i it's yes, yes the b9 trebecca doesn't you know doesn't doesn't die easily it does take a fair old stake through the heart to do that it's hard to be offended by a forester's looks really isn't it i mean yeah, it is it's a, it's a squarey chunky
1: mid-sized suv hmm okay and it doesn't look bad for it. No. No, no. But what one thing I will say though is considering this is a modern vehicle there's actually quite a bit of glazing acreage and if you have the premium then the rear passengers, the boot side and the rear windows are all tinted.
0: Mm-hmm. However, in the non-premium it, you don't get that. Oh okay. So you you can only drug dealers can drive the premium. Yes. You well, know, you're doing very well. Can, drug dealers can only drive the premium. Pardon me. Yes. Can you imagine? That's the most amazingly Oxfordshire, <laughs> Oxfordshire drug dealer, isn't it? <laughs> Something like that. They see me reeling in my Forest R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, the car is sat on 17-inch alloys, and there is only one design. That's Yay. it. And, but you get plenty of sidewall, so you you experience this thing called comfort.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard a bit about this lately. Some of you have been extracting the urine, but that's good. That's <laughs> yep. what you want in something like this, especially if you're going to get get it a bit mucky. Exactly. So I'll move I'll move to the inside,
1: and because this is a squared off SUV, and if we go to the boot as we like to, mm-hmm. uh, you get a pretty decent sized boot. Even though this is only a mid sized vehicle, or mid sized SUV, so it's five hundred and ten liters up to the bottom of the windows with the seats up. There's a nice big, big. large opening, thanks to the fact that it's a top-hinged door,
0: as most are Mm. now. It's those estate car underpinnings, you know, origins, isn't
1: it, really? Absolutely is. Uh, The the premium, this is where I'm going to point out where the premium does have a difference, and it is only going to be in a couple of things, but that has the motorised tailgate. Okay. Mm, If you're that desperate for it. But if you put the seats down using the handy one... Pull button switch thing in the boots on either side, uh then you can get up to one thousand and seventy-one liters up to the bottom of the windows.
0: Okay, wow, that's that's big. <laughs> that that is big. That that is that is pretty chunky. That's that's a fifth of a veto. That is
1: yeah. So you've got a, a, a nice luggage cover. There's the switches to lower the seats on either side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a 12-volt charging point on one side, and then there's four curry hooks, two on either side. But um, mm-hmm. they're rounded curry hooks with...
0: Um, Are they curry knobs? Not really, because you still hook the bag on. Oh, okay. So it's, it's more like a curry mushroom.
1: Yeah, Yes,
0: so that would be the closest to it.
1: That would be the closest to it. And they work quite well. They're of a decent height up. Under the floor, The at the back there, there is the tyre inflation kit, and that's it, because... It's a hybrid, so the battery oh. stuff has to go somewhere.
0: <laughs> so that's where they put the battery. That's what yes. I was going to say, yeah. okie doke uh, So what about the rear seats then?
1: Uh, well, there, it, there's plenty of space. There's actually two full seats uh, either side, and then there's a two-third seat in the middle, where the mm-hmm. outside seats are are uh, heated in the premium because they're leather as well. They're slightly ever so slightly sculpted. Not massively, so it's not like it's an old Rover seventy five or anything ridiculous where it was a an armchair. But they're just nicely, mm. slightly sculpted. But in the middle, it, it, that seat is flat. Where sometimes manufacturers have it curved. Yes, but this is flat, so you, so someone can actually sit there for a proper journey, and it's no no hassles or anything like that. And not feeling
0: they're being gripped apart by no. sitting on it.
1: And there's a there's a oh. it's not a minuscule intrusion, but it it is only like a couple of inches. Of intrusion from uh, the transmission tunnel.
0: That's not bad, given it is a, is is it four wheel drive? I yes. imagine it is. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just had this sudden thought that it might be a not four wheel drive Subaru.
1: Definitely is four wheel drive. So again, sitting there for any length of time, not a hassle at all. What I will say, the uh, rear passengers haven't been forgotten, because at the uh, at, beh- at the back of the cubby box for the mm-hmm. front passengers, there's a couple of phone charging sockets. So, it's not like there's a 12 volt, but they're actual USB charging sockets. There's a couple of air vents, and there's buttons there for switching on and off the uh, outer heated seats. All right. The heated seats is only premium in the back, whereas the front will be heated as well in the non premium version. But there's, there's just lots of room back there. There's lots of room. You've got excellent visibility. Like I said, all that glass, even with the special requirement tinting <laughs> in the back there. To be a to be a passenger back there, that, that, it's not a hardship okay. at all.
0: Does it have a, a sunroof or a glass roof or anything?
1: There is in the premium. Just a, just a normal. It's not a panoramic. Just right, a normal okay. sunroof.
0: Okay.
1: Up front, uh, both the driver and the passenger again sit on the leathers because it's premium, and you get to take in the full black on black on black on black on black on black, on black finish, with a little bit of white stitching here and there, but basically everything's black.
0: <laughs> all right, okay.
1: I wish I wish uh, whilst they change the materials and all the all the materials and the finish are all perfectly nice and they're, they're put, stitched together well and nothing squeaks or rattles or anything like that not you which you don't get these days really in cars anyway i just wish they put some color and some other trims in you know it's just a bit because it just came across as very serious it was like right we're being very grown up and serious doing this in being this car and i just thought Mm -hmm. just a bit of something just to liven it up a bit you know it's not like i say it felt dark or anything but it was just it was just it's all black,
0: you know. Just a bit. Of... Yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit nothing. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. At the top of the center console. There's a small digital screen, uh, which is framed by some uh, technology, which I'll come to when we get to the tech bit. Which is, I think it's a four inch screen at the top there, which lets you look at fuel economy, eco evaluation, the uh, active safety, the clock, the outside temperature, self checks, all that sort of stuff is mm-hmm. is housed in there. But that does actually get replicated in the uh, what feels like massive eight inch touch screen just down from there. So it's the Subaru. We're going to replicate what we do on all the screens across all the screens. They are very
0: good at that. It's a car of many, many screens, but not actually a huge amount that it shows on them because it's the same stuff on all three in some cases.
1: Yeah, you really have to spend your time deciding what you want where, otherwise you just get blinded by the same bit of info.
0: I know, I know. I want to see my torque curve, and I want to see it here, 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 here. here. <laughs> yes,
1: right. Uh, but on the uh, on that uh, large touchscreen, it's got the usual infotainment options. So there's the DAB, FM radio, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto.
0: Oh, so have the, does that mean they've got rid of the awful Starlink then? Uh,
1: yes, the Starlink wasn't wasn't
0: in there. Uh, oh, that's a relief!
1: Further to another special edition we did recently. The volume control is on the right hand side.
0: Yay! See Japanese car
1: built in Japan. Yep, exactly. There's a sat nav as well, but again only in premium. Below that is a, and I kid you not, a CD slot.
0: Wow, that must be one of the last on the market, really.
1: Uh I think so. It's getting that way. I don't actually have a CD that I could have played anything on it. <laughs> Just to test it out and say I was doing it, uh, so a lot of people still do have CDs. Yes, they do. So why not? And below that are the quick menu access buttons because Subaru seem to have approached touchscreens in a way that we like in the motoring podcast, where it's not just a touchscreen; they give you quick access buttons. Um, there's also the the volume, like I said, the volume control on the right-hand side, and then there's the scrolling and tuning button on the left-hand Dial, sorry, on the left-hand side uh, of these buttons. Um, Below that is all the climate control stuff. So your heated seats, your aircon, able to split it between left and right, and all that sort of stuff, as well as the quick demist to the front, the heated rear windscreens, all that sort of stuff. Below that then is a, a place where you can sit your phone Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a USB connector, so that's where you can connect up for Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. We then hit the transmission tunnel. So, if we, as we're coming back down, you get the gear selector. It's CVT, so drive, reverse, neutral, park.
0: It's a motion control.
1: Yes, motion control. Uh, and then just behind that is the X mode dial, which uh, you can change the four wheel driveness that you require.
0: You're going to cover that in tech, okay. Yeah.
1: There's also the camera view button because there is a couple of external cameras on the wing mirrors, so you can get a 360 view and a Mm top-down view of where you are, so if you're trying to get in close against a wall or a fence or in a car parking space, it it, it helps you out with that sort of thing. Cool. Uh, Then there's the electronic handbrake and the auto vehicle hold button, two drink holders, and then a large cubby box armrest with charging points inside that.
0: It does actually sound like quite a lot of that's moved on. There've been a fair, fair few revisions since the last time.
1: No, I think I had it that that had the the last time. Mm-hmm. I just think they've it. It just works. Okay. I think when we get to the technology and we talk about the eyesight, again, that's that's been around a little while now, but it it works well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So that there's no need to, and I and I don't suppose they've got you know billions lying around to. Mess around with this stuff too much either,
0: oh not really, so no. uh,
1: uh, the constraints they're under actually help us out as consumers that we're not having to go, <laughs> oh, they've gone for a nude look now, oh no, <laughs> we have to learn it all yes. again
0: <laughs> what's it like to drive yeah right let's talk
1: about the driving, yes, well, as I said, cVt so you you are encouraged by the very nature of the car to drive in a much more relaxed way than perhaps you would think jumping into a Subaru this is not designed to corner on two wheels set lap records or be a hooligan in any way shape or form it's just not that sort of car so it's stepped well away from early versions of the Forester that were occasionally a bit leery whilst
0: whilst hauling a mountain bike in the back (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, the STIs and stuff were were like that. It's much more grown-up. Subaru generally, or at least the models imported into the UK, Mm. do seem to be a bit on the grown-up side these days. Yeah. Generally. Yeah. The RZ accepted. Absolutely. Uh, And I think
1: that's reflected. I think that's sort of in the interior as well. That it's just Mm -hmm. just very sensible is not quite the right word, but it's just... And dull isn't the right word either, but it's just... It's like it's a little bit too serious.
0: It's a bit safe. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So anyway, this is one of their first attempts at hybridness. Right. So you can do a maximum, a whole whopping one mile on EV only.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah, it's... No. Right, think of this as a mild hybrid where the electricness gives a boost to the petrol engine and helps it out. That's the best way to approach this. Right. Because you I could never go I could never get near one mile mm. in being E B because it would switch up the petrol engine would kick in. Just because mm-hmm. of the terrain and then the where I was coming out from and junctions and stuff like that that you put your foot down a bit harder and then it just goes, that's a bit too much for all we've got, so we need the petrol help now. <laughs> it's okay it's like hmm. the the hybridness is the petrol engine helping the electric
0: <laughs> but how was it when you were when you were cruising when you were driving along did it often did it often sort of knock the petrol engine off and just run on no. on electric then? not
1: not not very often no not really it would it like i say it would invariably be we'll start an ev and then the petrol mm-hmm. engine will kick in unless right. you really booted it like you wanted to pull away quickly. Say it was a junction. You saw something coming, and then you went, "Oh, actually, that's a bit closer than I thought it was." Mm-hmm. With the CVT, as we've said before, particularly with Subarus, we've noticed there's a, there can be a gap between you putting your foot down and something happening.
0: Yeah, the elastic effect.
1: Yeah, this helped out with that a lot.
0: Okay, well that's good.
1: And that, and that I liked I liked it for that. And I stopped very quickly thinking of this as. As a car that I can drive around in electric mode a lot, to this the electric bit helps out the petrol engine and a bit of fuel economy as well. Okay. And once you, once you take that switch, because otherwise you're just going to be disappointed.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think I can completely understand that be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Because I would be. I'd be looking for it to. To go into sort of hybrid coast charge modes and stuff like that, and mm. just see how how far I can go with the electric, with the internal combustion engine off.
1: Yeah, no, you you can't really do that uh, in this thing. So the principles of last time when we discussed this traveling with a bunch of people and a load of stuff is a really mm. easy proposition. Everyone has room. Everyone is comfortable. The interior feels airy. Even with the darkness of the materials, uh, and you're going along in a relaxed manner because you don't want to thrash this car because mm-hmm. the CVT will occasionally make the mooing noises if you do, and you don't. It doesn't really make it; just makes you tense without really achieving too much.
0: Yes, yeah, better better off to just just yeah, car play and chill.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, fuel consumption wise, mm-hmm. now don't forget this is a two-liter petrol engine. And this is quite a large car for that. And it's permanent four-wheel drive. And it's permanent four-wheel drive. Now, the WLTP test for combined came in at Mm 34.7. I managed 33.5, which, on the one hand, I was impressed I got close. Yeah. But on the other, that's
0: not really very good. Hang on. On the other, I go... Well, hang on a minute. That's what I can quite easily get with the GRMN, <laughs> yeah. which I don't think is particularly efficient.
1: No. Uh, and this this is this is what hamstrings, I think, Subarus in this country a lot is mm. running costs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And this is not a mainly
0: urban vehicle. No, no, absolutely not. This is, yeah, yeah you, you don't. If you live in the middle of a city, you do not go out and buy a Subaru Forester. No. That would just be weird. No, there are better options that do not have
1: the extra ability that the Forester has because Mm -hmm. you don't need them.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to work out why you would buy a Forester already, but we'll come to that later on. Yeah. I talked about the X Drive just briefly
1: mentioning where the dial was. I didn't use any of these because this time I was I was on the roads all the time, so I didn't need to go through it unlike last time when I did require to use various modes to make sure we didn't end up in ditches. Hmm. There's three settings you can have. So there's snow dirt, or there's deep snow mud, or there's normal. It stayed in normal and that there was more than I needed. <laughs> I didn't even take it up a grassy verge.
0: If you want to hear more about those, though, and trying those, then we put link in the show notes to the last time you had a Forester. Mm-hmm. It's probably worthwhile. Yeah. And maybe that Subaru driving day as well.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, so technology. Now, I think this is where this car actually has a lot of plus points and really stands out compared to competition. There is a sack load. Of safety technology. Mm-hmm. And I think Subaru do not make enough of their safety technology.
0: No, no, I agree with in you. In their there. marketing stuff.
1: Although their latest their last or latest, depending on if it they put it out again, TV ad does at least talk about it. But still I don't think they do it enough. So the safety mm-hmm. technology that this has is as follows it has eyesight systems the Subaru Rear Vehicle Detection System, EyeSight Assist Monitor, Reverse Automatic Braking, Driver Monitor Systems, and eCall. So eCall is the thing that all cars now have to be fitted with. If you're in an accident, it'll automatically call the emergency services and say, this vehicle is in problems, so then they, they can locate it. EyeSight. This includes, now prepare yourselves, taking a deep breath, Adaptive Cruise Control, and, For me, it's one of the best I've tried. Uh, Pre-collision braking, Mm -hmm. pre-collision throttle control, lane sway and departure warning, lane keep assist, lead vehicle start alert. I am a massive fan of their eyesight system. I've
0: been a big fan of it since you tried to smash us into a big pile of grain and and cut out of a car.
1: Yes, (laughs) I did go a bit enthusiastically towards that yeah yeah, you were a bit <laughs> but it worked but it, i i've used particularly the uh, adaptive cruise control out on normal roads and it's really really good mm-hmm. it feels it's, it's as though it's a human driving it it's so smooth and it is so controlled both speeding up and slowing down slowing down right to zero as well
0: yes i like it when they do that yeah Subaru's
1: rear vehicle detection includes blind spot monitoring, lane change assist, and rear cross-traffic alert. The lane change assist is a new bit as well mm-hmm. of that. Now, here's, <laughs> here's one, which is actually one of the main reasons I wanted to try this, and is the driver monitoring.
0: Yeah, I, I hadn't, I'm hadn't. i just reading through the notes here, and you're going to have to explain this, this to me sort of slowly and carefully, I think. Okay, so as we know more
1: technology is coming into cars that mean we or are implying and are moving towards the car helping out more and more with the driver Mm -hmm. however that also brings the problem where some people then begin to think oh well the car's doing it i'm okay yeah i don't need to be paying attention now through studies and research, people have found this out. So they've they've found a way around that is to have driver monitoring systems. And the main way you do that is a camera in the cap. Now, hang on, everyone, before you start going, what, Andrew sat with a camera in the cap pointing at you. I know, and saying he likes it. That's why I'm particularly interested in this. This is an infrared camera. So it is not like someone's put a GoPro in that is then beaming this information back to a server in the cloud that people then go oh we can look at them all and listen to their conversations and all the rest of it which obviously would make me don a tinfoil suit not even not just a hat (laughs) so this is an infrared camera that is only looking at certain aspects of your face through heat imaging and all that sort of stuff None of the information it spots and sees is sent anywhere. It is kept entirely encased in the car. Cool. So it is. So it is not sent back. There's nothing like that. It is set up to watch the driver and it, it spot where their eyes are looking. Are they paying sufficient attention? Are they looking away? Are they distracted? Are they nodding off? Because this mm-hmm. is another a big problem uh, with with certain car accidents is that people have just nodded off. So. You can set this up in the Subaru version. You can set this up so it will recognise five faces. Right. What I particularly like with this as well is that it will also, depending on which person is sat in there, it goes, oh, Alan sat here. Right, I will now adjust the seat, the climate control, the infotainment screen, and the mirrors to how they were last time he was in.
0: Did you check this with Mrs Windscreen? Did you manage to get her to try it as well? We didn't go through
1: the trying it out but i have seen via the youtubes other people have done this
0: right okay so so
1: it does actually work although the first couple of times i tried to set it up for myself like one time i had a cap on the other time i didn't so you need to you've got to follow the way to set it up and let it Uh see you properly the cap sort of made shadows on my face and things like that so it wouldn't recognize the next time i looked different and things Mm -hmm. It, it is a bit passport photo e from that point okay. of view
0: <laughs> D- does it cross the creepy line no no it doesn't cross the it cre- doesn't cross the, the whole getting in and it recognizing it it's you because it's in infrared uh-huh
1: and because it's not sending that information anywhere it is just it is i don't fundamentally agree with driver monitoring no via a camera which i think everybody's aware of I think yes. there's other ways to do that in the
0: in the cabin. But you almost sound like you approve of this. It must be pretty good, is what I'm trying to say.
1: This is the least worst way of doing it if you're going to have
0: a camera. Okay.
1: I will right. massively object if someone's got like a video a proper video camera. Yes. That'll be wrong yes. on many, many levels.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but that sounds really clever and and quite quite good.
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Considering how how young this technology is to be put into cars
0: mm-hmm. i
1: mean yeah. if we remember uh, last year volvo
0: were talking about introducing this and they hadn't even worked out how they were going to do it yeah that's very true but then again the eyesight system was so far ahead of um was so far ahead of so many others and still is but sounds a bit. and this is what
1: makes yeah. me frustrated with subaru is you go your yeah. your safety system is so much better than so many others out there and yet no one knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even with the stunts of us trying to drive at a bale mm. with a car painted on the back of it. <laughs> you know? uh, there's one other clever bit of tech, actually, and that is a rear seat sensor, which we switched off the ignition, which was a press button, which is always a plus. Uh, when you switched off the ignition, even in, even in something as uh, genteel as a Forester, was still mm-hmm. pleases me because I'm a child. There was a message comes up and says, "You have don't forget what's on the back seat." So that could be a child, but that include, but it also includes shopping bags. Because I put a shopping Peps. bag on it once, and it went, "Oh, don't forget the thing on the seat." I was like, "Oh, okay." Mm. So I had to, I had to ask Subaru how how does it do that? And mm-hmm. they were told, "Well, there are sensors in the seat to say that there's there is weight on there." So, but to get it sensitive enough to pick up four cans of beer and a pint of milk <laughs> fair enough <laughs>
0: that's pretty good that's yeah. pretty clever actually
1: yeah uh, that's a clever use of tech
0: yeah a little bit of a surprise and delight feature there yeah absolutely so go on then yeah i'm still of 100 sure how you feel about this i think there's lots of stuff you do like but there's other stuff that you're a bit reticent about if you
1: it was think? me i would ignore the premium Okay. Well, that's three grand saved. Three grand saved. And what I'm missing out on is some leather seats for nice cloth seats. I don't get a sunroof. I don't get sat-nav, but then I'd be... You've got CarPlay. CarPlay. So I'm using Waze, Apple Maps, whatever, anyway, mm-hmm. so I don't need it. Uh, and I would imagine we will see more and more manufacturers ditching their own sat-nav as time goes on to save well, money, cost, licensing costs. It's licensing
0: cost for the maps. Yeah. It's
1: easy enough. You let like Apple holder, handle all that. Yeah. And then I'd lose out on the uh, outer rear seats not being heated. I don't sit in them, so I don't care. <laughs> and they're cloth, so they don't need oh, heated and you, anyway. Also, but... the steering wheel isn't heated. But Oh, right. Oh, I don't, know I don't need that. sweaty hands anyway, so oh, it's okay. Got, got them as it comes. Yeah.
0: But what about the hybrid side of it then? Uh, it just
1: feels like the minimum viable hybridness they could they could manage if it the lack of performance in it it just f- felt like it was done with virtually no budget and that's a shame because of the way it's being talked about if they had just said this is a mild hybrid uh-huh. i'd be like yep yeah, that's not a problem but they are saying this is a, a non-plugging in hybrid
0: Oh, right. So they're trying not to use the... No,
1: they are using the... Charging you for... Yeah, they are you using the... it, but we have made editorial decisions to not use that. Oh,
0: right. Okay, so they are actually saying that. They are like...
1: actually saying that has become an industry norm, I've decided
0: now, looking at how many manufacturers are doing it. I think Toyota got so much grief for it that most of the grief was spent, and now everyone is actually saying that things are self-charging hybrids. Yep.
1: Small though it is, the hybrid powertrain does help the car. But... I don't think it doesn't help it enough to make anyone who wasn't already interested in a forester or similar be interested in it now. Right. Which is, Which a, is a bit of a shame. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Snap. If you are based in a more rural environment and you need to move your family around, these are really good. These are very, very good at that. That if you have going to have slightly more extreme weather, because you are a bit more remote and you need something that's going to work. It's very difficult to not consider the Subaru. Mm -hmm. I think. And and we know they have this problem for them that they do go on
0: for (laughs) for many
1: years. (laughs) Yeah. So if you can swallow how much it's going to cost you up front, but you're going to keep it for years after that, uh, if your personal circumstances allow that, then I really, I really like them. I re, I've, I really like the Forester. It's mm-hmm. not super exciting, but it does the, it does a job really, really well.
0: Yeah, Okey doke. On which note, I think that's pretty much us for for this time. Don't forget that between now and next time you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, if people want to know a bit more, then what's the best way to get in touch with you? The best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If they
1: search for Crack Windscreen, they should find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to get in
0: touch? Uh, you can get in touch with me by Twitter, as usual, uh, where I'm at AJPBradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.